Welcome to another episode of the Mindset Athlete Podcast with me, James Roberts, transformational coach, two-time Paralympian, and TEDx speaker. I have another awesome episode for you today, so let's get straight into it. And on today's show, I've got Charlotte Hurst, hashtag the motion mentor, doctor of chiropractic for people and animals, author, blogger, movement coach, athlete, and type 1 diabetic. Charlotte is the founder of Hurst health with a vision to provide the ultimate health center incorporating the very best and most innovative treatments and therapies for patients Hearth health is currently focused on chiropractic compression cryotherapy in a beautiful location in the heart of worcestershire where the drive is towards helping people become intuitive about their bodies charlotte is a chiropractor with over 15 years experience in helping performance healing and function in her patients developing the brand Hashtag the motion mentor. Charlotte is, is leading the way, demonstrating that movement is fundamental to good health. Charlotte welcomes all patients into a clinic with particular focus on the athlete, helping to fine tune their bodies to re- reach their very best performance and recovery from injury and setbacks in the quickest, most effective and safe way. This is done by integrating the health and coaching teams of the athlete so that there is a collective drive towards the same goal so welcome on to the show charlotte thank you very much james thank you for having me it's lovely to be here that's my pleasure obviously as we're talking you're in the midst of your own training towards the london marathon i am i am it's getting uh very close we're about 10 days out now so the hard work is behind me thank goodness obviously seen the London Marathon not the most exciting thing to watch on the television anyway and people will probably agree with me the marathon is not the most exciting uh, uh, spectacle of, of sport but from from your experience as a chiropractor how, how debilitating is it on on the joints themselves um so I mean it is if you do anything um for you know any repetitive movement the same thing over and over again you're going to put stresses through the joints and soft tissues I mean that's a given um add into that then kind of if you biomechanical issues or um you know problems that that we all have as individuals have with our bodies then that's going to add to the stresses that you put through the body um these days though the like footwear is amazing and it's so technical and you know that's made a huge difference to preventing injuries that you know the standard kind of running injuries, uh, stress fractures, runner's knee, uh, shin splints, you know, all, all those sort of standard, um, in inverse commas, injuries. Um, to be honest, I am really lucky. So historically, I've had kind of niggles. Um, I'm obviously type 1 diabetic and I'm diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. So on medication, without my medication, I can't walk. Uh, the rheumatoid arthritis sits in my feet. Uh, I do occasionally get flare-ups. Um, since kind of sorting out my diet and nutrition, um, I work with a functional health specialist who's been amazing. Um, I, my, my training aside from just the managing the blood glucose levels has been the the, the tricky thing, but my training has gone very smoothly in the, in the fact that I've stayed away from injury. So it's been a huge learning experience for me to put my own body through it um and uh and sort of um become more intuitive as to what i mean not you know athletes are putting their body through in in the run-up to a marathon so it's been it's been really good um and uh you know things like 
terrain, what you know, the surfaces, terrain, um, up and down, gradients, um, like I said, footwear, uh, all of that plays a massive part. And it's so important to get it right for you. And we're all totally different. Um, so, yeah, um, on an individual basis, really, is, is the focus. And that's definitely how I've applied my training. And, it, and it's really worked. It's interesting for you to say about the blood glucose because obviously most people know more about type 2 than type 1. How much of a, of a, of a struggle has it been to balance that? Because type type 1 day-to-day is pretty, pretty, I won't say horrendous, but in terms of I've worked with a client who's been type 1 and, and because of, and they were never actually able to find the, the cause of the the the, the hypers and the hypers and then you add on the extreme of that of, of a marathon on top of it how difficult has it been yeah so uh it's been a real challenge so yeah day-to-day is a challenge um because there are so many fa- factors that can affect blood glucose levels and i mean that can be anything from well the obvious things of what you eat um plus um what the weather's doing outside, um, stress levels, hormone levels, where you are in your monthly cycle, how much sleep you got the night before, uh, what you did two days ago, um, what you've got, you know, everything, everything has an effect on um, the way insulin is used in your body. Um, so that and it's so that's the day to day challenge. Um, and then so it's, it's an ever moving target and it's an ever moving goal. So every day is totally different. And, and every day is different, even if you're sat in an office and you work the same hours and eat the same stuff every day, it's still different. Um, my days are never the same. Um, and I've learned to kind of uh, manage that. And we, I have an amazing, amazing team. Um, and I've just, I've got it right with my, um, the way I'm administer the insulin and check my blood. And, you know, the technology is incredible, which has been a godsend. So that has made training a lot easier. And it's just, it's a little bit a case of trial and error. And that's what it's been from the start. And so, I mean, I got into the marathon for April 2019. So I've almost been training on and off for two years for it. It's been, it's been a nightmare. But anyway, we're finally here. So I did, um, I ran a catch to 5k program for some patients in January. Uh, and that was me starting to get back running again properly. And I've continued it and I've just upped it very, very slowly over the last eight, nine months. Um, and then that way I've been able to kind of adapt my diabetic management with it. The tricky thing is, is, you know, it, excuse my French now, shit happens. And, uh, and, and, and it has happened. And I've been sat in the middle of the road crying, unable to go any further. You think, oh, you'd be able to walk, you know, if all, all you think, somehow you get home it just doesn't work like that and I just got floored uh you know at 10k I was supposed to be running like 20k and at 10k I couldn't go any further and it was a real that's when it hit home that like I just need to sit down and work this out and I literally that's what I did I got some advice from my health team I sat down and that's when I started measuring it out so I mean, obviously I was taking nutrition with me and gels and drinks and everything else. And that, and that in itself is a challenge because I'm for my long runs, I'm carrying about four kilograms extra on the back, uh, which is just, you know, and I'm very much a case like now because that's happened at the the 10k mark the other day or four weeks ago, six weeks ago, whenever it was, um, 
you know, I don't want it to happen again. So you take spares and, and that's where it just gets heavy. Um, so uh, I sat down, you know, the key for me, every, again, everybody's very different. The key for me was uh, uh, taking on about 20, 25 grams of carbohydrates um, for the first hour and a half, every half an hour. And then the more I run, the closer that gets. So I've worked this out. It's four jelly babies uh, for each half an hour for the first hour and a half. And then four jelly babies for every 20 minutes after that. And jelly babies are great. Uh, so um, they're light as well. So that's what I'll be stuffing my pockets with uh, for the 26 miles next Sunday. Um, but yeah, that and then keeping fluids up and all the rest of it is really important. And then afterwards, when you get back, it's like the pull down, you know, you're just because uh, your glycogen levels are fairly depleted and and all the rest of it so it's it's managing it then the kind of 24 hours 48 hours afterwards as well and because i train hard anyway um you know i'm constantly kind of on the verge of, of depleting my glycogen levels so i've just uh, you know like i said it's been a huge learning experience and one that um i've learned an incredible about incredible amount about myself um and uh and like the last few weeks has gone really well so um fingers crossed now I can just uh, keep it on the level uh, for the next 10 days the the challenge will be I'm sleeping in a hotel the night before might not get much sleep you're apprehensive that's where you get these unquestionables come in and uh, and again like I said earlier that all affects blood glucose levels and and the management of the diabetes I think my athletic career with a pinch of salt compared to that and in terms I put my number hat to, to type 1 diabetics in terms of there's, there's enough as you put it shit for for the for the regular olympians paralympians or people that the high level athletes without and uh, 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 without adding an additional setback in terms of health another health condition on top of it so i didn't have to worry about um what you're mentioning in terms of just hydration refueling uh, and that but I don't have to 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 worry about to 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 some extent about what I'm consuming because ultimately it's, it's, it's going to be be utilized by the body because I was training very very hard at that time I have to obviously what we discussed about off off air I need to remind myself from time to time you don't train six six days a week anymore. You don't need to consume the amount of food that you sometimes do. Uh, that's easier said than done. Because um, it's uh, what I mentioned with somebody I was discussing with today, you know, the conflict with the, the identity. That's I don't want to let go of James the Athlete because it is useful. Um, certain traits uh, still serve me now, but it's trying to remember some, some of them don't. It's like, yeah, you can put those ones down, James. They're not useful anymore. Uh, the, the probably the consumption of food. I'm, I'm, I, I think I can blame the family a little bit. We like food, um, and <laughs> I think more because of lockdowns and and whatever you want to call them, fire breaks. Or what else, I can't think what else we call them in the UK, but we've become more sedentary in, in, in terms of that. And it's trying to, to push the boundaries. We have a, a dog, a rescue dog now. So it's trying to make him not what more, but it is, he's got that 
novelty of everything's new. So I want to, I want to sniff here. I want to go here. So he's probably quite happy to walk an extra kilometer or something like that. And it's trying to not overdo it from my perspective. Okay, James, you train far less now, but it's not going to hurt you to go a little bit extra and just to see how you feel as okay. Yesterday I might have slightly overdone it, but it was okay. I don't feel too bad today. I was wrong last night, but obviously to, to what you're doing, uh, I can't praise you enough. I, I was lucky enough to, to speak to another uh, type one diabetic a couple of years ago who, who, who cycled across America. That's probably uh, taking yours and, and magnifying a lot more, but in terms of the, the precautions that you need to make are more more life-threatening so for me to miss uh some of the i hate those gels i just don't like the taste of them so i'd rather throw them in the the bin but if i was to not do it i'm gonna hit the wall and that's about it whereas for you it could be more catastrophic yeah absolutely but um essentially it's all about just being organized um and planning and um, you know, once it's planned and you're organized, then there's much less room for error and mistake. It, it with being diabetic, it's the unplanned stuff that, that that's when it, you know, like say you suddenly have to go and I know run down the road, there's a load of sheep got out or you know, whatever, and they're and they're blocking the road and and I don't know, someone's gotta to get to I just, you know, for example, and that's when, you know, that's the unplanned stuff. Um the planned stuff, uh it it's doable and and this is what I'm trying to do I want to prove to people that it's totally doable you know if I can do it I'm just I'm just your bog standard normal person I class myself as an athlete all my uh health team do um because I you know because of the training I do and the sports that I do but um you know it's only at an amateur level uh the same as what what you know what anyone else can do so that's sort of you know I'm trying to prove that someone normal I don't know if you class me as normal necessarily but um for other reasons for other reasons you crazy doing a, mar- <laughs> doing a marathon uh I, I I've I think the closest I've come to anything with that word in it um uh my cousin asked me would I do a half marathon it's like no <laughs> you can do the half marathon I'm gonna stick to distances that are far less than that and and okay I've probably done to go to the to the Paralympics and think that people probably call me crazy as well. Absolutely, as well. What, what? I was going to say the training that you've been through and the regimes that you've been through, like that takes, you know, hats off to you. Like that's thing, you know. Yeah, it, but you you probably question it more because of what's happened with uh, almost call it British cycling, British uh, gymnastics, and it's definitely put the spanner into the works until okay, I've been retired nearly ten years. But when you speak to former athletes, it's like, well, where, where's the where do you draw the line between results and bullying? Because I probably could, I I wasn't bullied in GB rowing, but the head coach at the time asked my teammates, "Am I pushing James too far?" I would probably say no. They said yes, um, but back to what you you, you mentioned, Charlotte of um, hats off. Is I, I never really thought about it. The process it didn't matter. I do reflect on it now a little bit differently, but I didn't 
care if I hated the training. I viewed it in the same way as if I liked it or it was indifferent. I have to do it if I want to represent my country on the highest stage. Um, some people might say that's lunacy because why would you do something that you hate? Um, I'm not in control of the training. So if I don't do it, they'll get somebody else to do it. And it's as simple as that. Um, I think sport has got a little bit more cutthroat because uh, what was it? Somebody I know within professional rugby was sacked by a zoom. I think that's extreme in terms of uh, when you've, when pretty much you put your blood, blood, sweat and tears into, into, into towards your profession. I think it's probably the same in anything that you do. You, you're invested in your, uh, you, you're driven into towards to be the best possible person you can be for uh, yourself or, or the clientele that you work with but I have to remind myself now as like well if I hate what I'm doing I need to question why because that doesn't make sense because that's why you would outsource something in a business perspective if I hate something that I do a uh, few of my colleagues would be they hate admin I don't hate admin it, it has it needs to be done and if you work in a person business that you and i do if we're dealing with people why would you hate admin you're dealing with a person that's easy you're talking to an individual all the time that's i find that fun it's mm. it's it, it's not a chore okay they, they they happen to be a statistic on a spreadsheet but they got a name and then i'm going to speak to the individual see where they're at and where can i help them uh where they're where potentially where they're at if i can't see we wish them well if i can or i can suggest something i'll do it mm -hmm. and i think a couple of years ago i was questioned by somebody not not friends anymore but they said i had more of an impact when i was an athlete i laughed at that statement because it's like that's not true i have more of a impact now because it's a knock-on effect and in sport i didn't care it was solely for for coming back to the the point that I was making earlier of didn't matter if I liked it, loved it, or or I loved it, it was for me. And I went from swimming and ended up in volleyball. The name on the front of my 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 jersey was always important than me. And then once I went into volleyball, my my family names is important than trying to put the t uh, town where I live now on the map. Uh, and make sure that anybody that's generally the media made a mistake of putting our oh, James is from where I went to university in Swansea. No, no, no. That city, the city don't need any recognition. Uh, where my, where my mother's family is from is, is a small place. It's most of the time it gets a bad rep if it's in the media because of, uh, um, Pontins, it's always bad press. It's like, well, let's put it in a positive perspective. It okay, it's been a couple of decades, but it, it's put in a positive perspective. And, and when I did come back from London, most people didn't know I'd gone, but that's because it's a small community, and I don't, I didn't make a big deal. I didn't make a big deal about it. It's like, well, I'm not likely to meddle because of where we were. I'm going to enjoy the experience. And London, I probably enjoyed more than, than I did in my first games because there wasn't 
external pressure. I think there was there was more extent the, the pressure for the first one, and I'm happy I was not in the UK, being in a, a golden age, Paralympic sport because we were in the shadows to some extent to, to Olympic to Olympic team. Up until a few months ago, was pretty much you could guarantee a medal coming from the rowing team. So when the Paralympics kind of got involved, it's like, well, we, we need to make it. And following on from their, their successes is, is, is nice because it's like, well, we want to put a statement on and they're probably in the dominant nation since since I went to the first one. So my, my family likes to remind you, you didn't medal, but you've laid the foundations for that success to, to follow. And I think and my my actual boat coach actually did that on television he, he, he spoke not personally to to us but i was watching but i'm assuming most of the ones who not in the program or order but would we'll sit up and say like, well you, you it takes a lot for the the past to be to, to be emphasized as much as the present it's like if it wasn't for you guys this program wouldn't be where it is today and um, that's me paraphrasing but I have to remind myself that I need to enjoy what I do because I'm going to burn myself out otherwise if I, if I don't. And it's trying to do it in a subtle way of teaching people, not preaching to them. It's like, well, recovery is just as important as preparation and training. It's, it's, I'll probably do it a little bit better than I used to, but that's because of other people have been wiser than me of, um, I'll go back to the days in my days in the rowing team. Um, my uh, more of an uncle to me than his performance director, but he asked me, "Do you want physio?" And I said, "No." He's like, "I'm not asking you. I'm telling you." So, and that was me as a, a pretty much a, a novice in in performance sport. Is it's not a question. Like you're going to do what's, and I've probably taken it on from there as to try and find any ounce of information I can find to to, to better other people as well. If, if it's learning about uh, chiropractic treatments, I, I need to stop watching YouTube too much because um, uh, I got one of one of the US ones in there. He's, he likes to do all the cracking, and I start <laughs> doing it not on myself because that's quite dangerous. But in terms of, well, okay, this uh, th- this this muscle, I think I might have tightness there because of uh, this, the degree I did. It was very much to do with anatomy, so I know what I'm talking about as well. But it's like, yeah, I need to stop watching it because it's like you're going to find trigger points anywhere. <laughs> but I'm not afraid to ask the question. Mm-hmm. I what I what I'll be honest to you and to the audience. I was as a kid and and growing all the way up through education. I'd be one of those individuals who very rarely, suddenly put a hand up if I have had a question. Be, wow, somebody else in this room will ask the question, and the and and. The, maybe a few times that would happen but for the majority i'd go with the uh, the question unanswered and i think now that i've transitioned from sports in, in, into into business into coaching i'm not fastest but i want my i want my question answered if it helps other people that's wonderful if it doesn't hey i've got mine answered if you guys are unwilling to answer questions that's fine i'm gonna go push push through and there's a joke 
uh, that my coach will take the mickey out of me from time to time. I'll, sometimes I wait to the very end of the call to, to answer a question. So you'll joke, oh, you're not going to wait till, because uh, normally in the middle of the afternoon, I'm going to wait till till two o'clock, half past two to answer. No, no, I've, I want to answer it. I want to ask it now. No, normally when I do it last minute, is is something sprung up through the course of the conversation of, oh, I didn't have the question now, but that that per, the others have got me got the the embers burning. Ah, what about this? Uh, it's norm. It's normally impactful for everybody else. Sometimes it's just for me. But coming back to you, so we don't go too much in the time and I don't bore people uh, <laughs> in the episode. Why did you want to specifically focus into into um, chiropractic? Chiro chiro practice uh, yeah chiropractic uh so um there's quite a long and boring story behind all of this but um back at school i um oh uh, uh, between the jigs and the reels i ended up deciding that i wanted to do physio and, and i got my heart set on it but um before all that i'd kind of um started off doing politics and economics a levels realized it wasn't you know realized fairly quickly that that wasn't really going to be for me um and uh then sort of didn't know went through this kind of transition period where i didn't know what i was gonna do so i dropped politics and economics and took up chemistry half a year late alongside biology and pe and i think i was doing maths as level as well um so uh, i missed half a year effectively of chemistry my predictions for my a level grades were just well, for chemistry, it was like a U. <laughs> um, and physio back then, and I'm sure it still is, is hugely competitive to get into. I think it was like two A's and a B you needed. Uh, and there was no way I was going to get a place at uni, uh, even a you know a conditional offer. So I applied to do sports science. And I got into Birmingham Uni doing sports science. And I thought, oh, I'll swap. Because I'll get the grades. I'll work really hard. And then I'll swap. So I did get the grades. Um, through a lot of work and private tuition with chemistry and finally it all came together um and then I remember so I'd started at Birmingham Uni and uh I tried everything to get onto the physio course I sat on the steps refused to move tried to cry uh you know I hounded people and they just wouldn't take me because they'd oversubscribed anyway on the basis that a few people drop out and there was just no space so uh, as much as I love sport and I love science, that's my background, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do with it if I was going to do three years at uni. So um, actually a friend's mum said, you ought to look into chiropractic. And so I found a course that was, um, it's run by the University of Wales um, on a private campus and they were taking applications. So they had two spaces left and they were due to start in the January and um, I got offered one of those places and I literally jumped on this course and have not looked back. Uh, and it has been it's just, you know, you, people talk about things happening for a reason and all that. I mean, whatever it is you believe in, the stars aligned, whatever um, I had. So I did a, the four year degree course in, in human chiropractic um, and then went on straight away and did the postgraduate animal chiropractic uh, or veterinary chiropractic. It's actually even though I'm not a vet, obviously. Um, so back in 2005, I fully qualified from both um and then yeah immediately started working and um absolutely love it you know wholeheartedly believed in it from the start you know experienced it myself with um you know a few minor things that I had in sort of my 
late teens a little bit um and uh yeah it's just been brilliant and and from you know from the science perspective of things i love numbers i love science i love the you know i'm fascinated by the body our bodies are incredible um and uh yeah and it's just brilliant i can apply all that to you know to my patients in clinic and it, and it's just wonderful so i do focus in clinic i do focus on more of a kind of wellness and and uh, and sort of overall health drive you know we look at all aspects as sort of you know well as much as people want to you know some people want to come in and they just want to get treated and, and get out the door and they feel great other people want to you know delve into different areas of their life be it nutrition social wellness environmental wellness um you know intellectual wellness all sorts uh and it's really fun and really interesting and like i said earlier we're all so different and that's what i really kind of in my clinic setting it's really focused on the individual um so i don't you know i have no kind of strict protocols i've got to see you once a week for four weeks and then you know you've got to pay me up front for six sessions whatever there is nothing like that i do like you know if i get a new patient through the door there's like a complete assessment we have a chat about things providing it's safe or give a treatment you know you have to do a few tests and and make sure that it's all safe and 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 um the right situation to treat um and then um I'd like to see them back uh, sort of within, say, the following two to three weeks at some point just to see, just to gauge the reactions to the treatment. Because, again, everybody's very, very different. And then we can move forwards with, you know, we'll have a conversation. What do you want to achieve? How did you feel after the first treatment? This might, you know, this might happen after the second one. Let's focus on this. Um, okay. As, you know, some people feel great when they leave uh, and they don't want to come back unless there's another problem. And that's, you know, I respect that. That's fine. That's people's wishes. As long as they have the information, the choice is up to them. Um, so, and, and I think people really like that. You know, they like the fact that it's not, you know, and also I spend time with them. So, you know, routine appointments with me last between 30 and 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Um, new patient appointments tend to last around 45 to 55 minutes. Um, and uh you know people patients are always texting me they're calling me you know if they need some information they know that they can just get hold of me and I'll get back to them as soon as I can so it's a real two-way dialogue it's a conversation um you know we're I just want people to be the best versions of themselves and that's and that's really kind of the key jumping on to the athletes and why I love working with the athletes so much is um because they're just super in tune to their bodies and it's an intuitive thing um, or they tend to be, uh, I think, I think they could be more so. Um, but in, in the fact that, you know, it's all about performance and getting, you know, that extra millisecond or that bit of height or, you know, that bit longer here, whatever, whatever their goals are on the pitch, on the, on the track, on the field and the swimming pool in the velodrome, like whatever their goals are, you know, we can aim to, to, to get a little bit more and, you know, that's through, um function of the joints which you know the nervous system the firing of the nerves um and all the rest of it and i think the only way or, or not the only way but the, the way of doing it the most effectively is by integrating the whole of the team surrounding the athletes so whether that be the i love working physios doesn't often work the other you know they don't love working you know with chiropractors necessarily Oh, you know, there's exceptions to that. But, you know, I love working with massage therapists, um, 
health, strength and conditioning coaches, nutritionists, and then, you know, the athletes that then have to manage um, other health conditions as well, bringing in their team. It's all about integrated care and everybody in the team driving towards one single aim and goal. Um, obviously, setbacks happen and injuries happen or recovery doesn't quite go as planned and things like that. And that's when you have to kind of be fluid in the approach a little bit as well. Um, and that's why it, it's a conversation the whole time. This is open dialogue, toing and froing. And, I, you know, I want as much information as I can get. Then we can make good decisions and the right decisions and um, get these athletes back, you know, you know, either back on track or, or you know, striving for more, striving to be the, the best that they can be. I think I think I, I echo what you say, Charlotte, because it's it's um, the athlete is well. I, I, if I generalize it, the person that works in the health industry is generally the worst is the worst patient because they don't don't always do what they're supposed to do. <laughs> um, but I think I've become more uh, intuitive to ultimately the general populace because that's that you can help more more people uh i have worked with some people that have been athletes but it's not it's not difficult to push the buttons it's like well you want what i had what do you want to do it's it's, it's as simple as that it's mm-hmm. i i obviously know what i'm I, i'm doing in in terms of what i said to you what i did I'll, I'll be open obviously i didn't want to track things when i was an athlete but that's because uh it was not digitalized so take probably a lot longer than than it would do nowadays uh but i could normally back it up and say why but then i would still perform but i think on reflection it is one of the minor regrets of if i would have done it back then i would be more knowledgeable now because i've done it the old-fashioned way of, of of writing it down if you'd have lost it it'd be a nightmare but in terms of you could be able to look at it in an art form like the bodybuilders do in terms of their measuring things to the the gram um, i obviously wouldn't want i don't think anybody that's wanting to lose weight would want to do be that uh restrictive some people will some people have more discipline to be able to do that um i'm one of the ones that isn't uh i probably could do it to follow a recipe because ultimately if you deviate from a recipe it might turn out very badly um sometimes it might turn out a bit better than 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 the recipe but you 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 are walking into the unknown either way uh okay i had a conversation earlier about that of they were looking at it from a pessimistic perspective of if if i don't like something i don't do it i don't i don't i don't i don't face failure it's like well if you look at it from my perspective you don't know what success looks like either and and that uncertainty that the media has portrayed especially probably in the last 18 months is is counterintuitive to that because ultimately when I've sit down and taken a deep dive from a mental perspective, it's like, well, did I really have any bearing on the future in the first place in 2019? The answer to that is no. I do to some extent because if I think of if I think in a certain way, I'm more likely to to action what I'm thinking, rightly or wrongly. 
Um, I did say to the person today, you have a choice. Would you, you probably as they progress, you probably could say there's more than two choices, but in the simple terms, you, you, you've got, you either persevere and you push through or you quit. Okay. That was a sporting analogy is, is easy because that's a choice and that will generally, you can probably see who's a bit stronger willed in terms of who's willing to, to push through adversity, um, setbacks, um, I don't like the word adversity because ultimately people say that with my life. It's like, it's not, it's not adverse. I'm born with my disability. Don't know any different. I'm humble to, to know that there is adversity along the way, but being, having it from day one, what have I got to compare it to? So it's not adverse from that perspective. Yes. The, the years after that are difficult, but I think I had a good environment. You talked about team. I think my I had a good I had a good grounding one from the very get go from a family. It's okay. This is a setback from other people's perspectives. What do you want? What 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 opportunities do you want to have? Uh, I generally was never was I ever told no with sports. It might be that you you might not you might be suited for that. We try, why don't you try something else? Ultimately, that's uh, I managed to turn that into a TEDx talk, and and I did the opening line to family, and they kind of jaw drops like, yeah, okay, that's good. Then if you, you're you're shocked to that. What's it going to do to everybody else? <laughs> um, but but the point that I'm making is, I rose to that challenge. Okay, disability. Okay, so what? I started in mainstream sport. I enjoy beating people that had more, all their limbs. It was generally fun to beat the people that had pushy parents because it was hilarious. <laughs> um, but I've always, to a point, rose to the, the naysayers. Okay, you just don't think I can do it. You're the person who could potentially be humiliated because of when I'm going to do it. Uh, I had a PE teacher that, that said I would amount to nothing. Uh, and I think the when I gained some respect from him, is I beat him in a swimming race. He let me choose, the, he let me pick the stroke. I picked the one that I was, uh, very, I put butterfly because it's a technical one. And then I bit, uh, I was confident enough that I would beat him, but I, I humiliated him and uh, all of my classmates laughed. He didn't like that, but I gained a respect um, from that. And I think we're talking, 20 years ago, well, the teacher can't talk like that to a pupil anymore, but it, it, it drove me in, in towards, in, into to, 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 to all those dark moments and setbacks. I always reminded myself, well, James, this person said you, this of you, that's of you. Uh, it's not very good emotional uh, energy. I will attest to that and to other people, it's dark energy. Uh, probably it's very prominent in sport because it's it's useful because you can utilize it in a positive way. Uh, I try not to use it now because it's kind of, it's not it makes me feel like crap. <laughs> um, when I get when I try and deliberately get angry for for just to get a response, it, I'll look at things a different way. As okay, if I was to put something out there and somebody did the opposite, okay, good for you. You were trying to get a reaction. I'm not going to give it to you. Um, 
it's taken a learning to that because normally I would, um, what did my mom say a couple of days ago? You like conflict. Yeah, I like watching it because it's like a car crash. Um, it's like rubbernecking. Where I need to probably catch myself is when I deliberately do it myself, is to deliberately sabotage. I know I'm doing something right. Oh, let's just hit the hit the red button on purpose. And then I obviously feel uh, very silly afterwards. It's like, well, why did you do that? But that is the element of the identity of you don't think you're quite good enough. I, I can't persevere with what I'm doing. I, I don't think I'm capable of maintaining this level of competency. I never thought like that as an athlete. I know that. It, it, there was a there was elements of doubt, but it'd be quick quickly. Uh, yeah, okay, don't. That's not that's not helpful. I dismiss it. But I think because of being back in the mainstream of more of the the, the individuals that I'm I'm coming up with a thing like that of mediocrity. It took a podcast to make me think differently. Of the person said, why is it acceptable? to accept mediocrity that was a p- episode in a podcast and i think and i went it just blew my mind it's like yeah in that arena it's unacceptable mediocrity uh it'd be it'd be chased out the door why is it okay in society and it kind of got me to hit certain people's buttons if they were the athletic background is very easy because i just use that story what do you think to that is that acceptable to you in your eyes Ultimately, the answer would be no. So why are you doing it in this environment? Um, but it's so easy to, to, to do it because of the comfort. And you mentioned about patients leaving after one, one, one uh, visit. That's comfortable. They've got back to where they feel. Whereas I think because of having the disability, and I put the two together, I'm alert and aware to I'm tr- facing an ever battle every single freaking day to, to stay in normal. I'm probably more in tune to, well, I need to go see a sportsman. Susan. I need to see a physio. Uh, it's fine. And probably a right chiropractor because I don't want people messing with my, bo- <laughs> my bones and they mess it up. But in terms of it's a willingness to, if I can't find it, go and learn about it. So when I was talking about the YouTube, He's one of the best in, 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 in what he does, but that's probably because he's on, on a social media platform. Thus, it makes it even bigger because people wouldn't keep going back to him if he wasn't very good um, because it's physio is one thing, you, your joints and your spine and, and, and whatnot is even more debt. is putting la- You're probably putting life and limb into somebody else's hands. Yeah, so it's it's really important, like to be registered as a as a chiropractor in this in England, uh, you had to have graduated from an accredited course. You have to have the proper insurance. The General Chiropractic Council is the governing body for chiropractic. They do a wonderful job in protecting the patients. Uh, we have to register with them. It's not cheap, you know, and it, and it's all very very well governed. Um, Perhaps where it gets slightly tricky is there's lots of different techniques of chiropractic out there. Um, And as a a lay person that doesn't understand all those different techniques, you know, people have in their head, 
oh god chiropractic is dumping on my body and cracking on my bones you know and 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 that's you know often a myth and it's certainly not kind of how I practice uh yes it's joint manipulation uh but it's so much more than that um and then you see on you know you see on the social media so like all the bone cracking and and with the microphones by the joints and stuff like that and it is addictive uh I've caught myself out uh watching it but you know that's not kind of real life it's certainly not in my clinic um and yeah so and like going back there's so many different techniques it's very difficult if you were going to look for a chiropractor where would you start like the best way is word of mouth and you know you've got a friend that's gone to a chiropractor discovered you know they can build up an amazing relationship with that person um and uh, and then it's word of mouth and that is tends to be how kind of uh, my business drives um you know proofs in the pudding um and now I'm offering kind of a bit more to it than just the chiropractic like I've got people that come just for my cryo air therapy and also the compression boots and things like that which is really really exciting because uh you know I'm welcoming people through the door that don't necessarily want a chiropractic adjustment or a treatment and that's totally fine it's totally fine but at least then it can start a conversation about the other ways that I might be able to help them uh or or help manage you know the problems that they're going through yeah absolutely uh it's difficult it's difficult and um you know my my advice would be go to the GCC website and find a chiropractor but it it doesn't really help the lay person in as far as you know all the different techniques uh, and everything out there but what I would suggest is that you make sure your chiropractors are chiropractors and they're on the register um and that way you know that they've come from an accredited school that's 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 really and 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 it's very it's very well I don't want to say policed but it's very well regulated um by the general chiropractor council you know they're very good um and, and are across the board and on top of it and then the other thing that we have to do are continual professional development hours every year I've just literally submitted mine last night for the end of uh, September um, you know it has to do a certain amount of hours of ongoing training and it's brilliant because it just keeps you know you're, you you got to be keep your mind in it all because research changes you know all the time I love learning I love learning which is why I'm so active on social media you know I try and put educational content out on social media quite you know three posts a day every day every week I'll cover a different topic um some weeks it might be a little bit more serious than other weeks uh some people might find it boring but you know at the end of the day I just wanted them to have the information to being well or as well as possible and you know and leading a life that's going to be um healthy and long really i think that's i think that's the difference between your yours and mine i think that the fitness industry in the uk needs to um massively be over regulated because in terms of i try not to try to stay away from but in terms of the the stuff that you could probably find on on instagram or anyone on the internet in terms of being misleaded okay i used an example earlier today of if you were to put in how to lose weight, you'd probably find a million and one different answers. And if you were to go through it from a layman's perspective and somebody just off the street, probably that first page alone would kind of go in every different direction. But what's not helped is you get, uh, I'll call them so-called celebrities, I'll call them celebrities, endorsing certain products may never even take take the product themselves and and people are easily um influenced 
I won't say manipulated, influenced because that person is somebody that you potentially would respect. So I think you look at the likes of the US or Australia, where it's like, I think Australia's two years to be qualified into what I do, whereas uh, my course was six weeks. And even my training uh, provider did a couple of years ago, they compared university university degree to the course and i went i kind of went well okay where are you going with this just from a financial perspective i think well i've done the two i'm a hell of a lot more knowledgeable than than the degree i was a bit annoyed i did my level two over again but i coming back to my point uh with the sport i just put my nose to the ground and got on with it um it's like i'll tick your box but i'm not pleased about it um and my level three when it came to PT, I just looked through the book. I was like, well, I know this from university. I'll revise what I don't know. And ultimately, I got the highest mark in the class. Um, but what I don't like is you think that's somebody that's done six weeks. May or may not have done a, a, a HND or something like that or, or, or higher just because they like exercise and they can actually so the, the amount of trust that people have put put and i'll put my hand up me included because it it it, it 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 probably took a, a amount of courage from that first person that worked with me um to to to, to help with them with their result but i've learned so much more off that and, and like yourself okay we we, we don't have we, we, we're not obliged to fulfill uh our, our knowledge and expand it. but that's something that i want to do anyway so i'm lucky that i've got this is a, as a, a resource so i i'm lucky to speak to yourself and people okay it's on a, when it comes out but it could be i speak i've spoken to two people this week and it, a different perspective on i might come in with a certain perspective on the topic and you blow my mind and kind of go, okay, you just, well, I'll use the battleship uh, analogy of you, you've, you've, you've sunk what I, my, my perspective on, on, on that particular void viewpoint, that's no longer valid because you've come in with it, uh, a different thing altogether. And I agree with it. It's like, okay, I've thought about it from this perspective that doesn't that doesn't suit anybody going forward i need to start thinking from your perspective and how can i expand from that going forward uh and it's it's through talking to people uh i've probably not looked at a science paper for years but that's more because it's it's i don't mind but looking at an abstract i wouldn't read a paper but that's because i don't necessarily i know nutrition is probably changing on the daily because uh, something that is from a media perspective is probably going to be, if it's not fat, it, it, it's going to be sugar. If it's not that it's going to be salt, something's ever going to be uh, vilified. And just to see what people think of what's the next bad thing. It's like, no, no, no I'm going to have to, that's not, the, that's not the cause. Uh, one particular person I spoke to last week, it was like pulling teeth to get what they they were just said to me uh i'm restricting it's like what well, you it's like 
what are you can you tell me what it is because that could be anything <laughs> it could be carbohydrate it ended up being carbohydrates but it could be it could have been sugar it could be salt it's like well what are you trying to do how long have you been doing that uh, because they did say to me that it had, nothing was working it's okay is it because you've not persevered with it would it be one uh have you got sidetracked by something else or the next new thing uh one individual i spoke to they had a weird diet it's like yeah if you were to make that to press it probably would sell because it's something novel. <laughs> it's something novel and it's new uh i'm not saying it's going to make millions but if people are no gripes of this people are sickle it's oh if it's the new latest whatever you make it sexy i want it um i i might probably read more into that i might have some intrigue if it's free yeah i'll have it and i'll, I'll say what 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 have you mm. what new concept have you brought to the table or are you regurgitating old stuff and then adding your little bit of sauce on the end but that that obviously comes with awareness and and, and obviously when you are in a state of probably growth you're able to see through the weed is like well okay this is bollocks this is absolute rubbish this is this is not serving anybody um ultimately youtube is good and bad uh also i think all social media you could say there's a pros and cons of of it i'll i'll engage i've actually engaged in it for a while but i'll engage with it to some extent um most of the stuff that i see is probably uh positive uh it, it will be to i think through through like you were discussing Charlotte, before of giving content that's going to inform people you can only do that for a conversation with an individual because how many times i did before when i started out of thinking what people wanted and it'd be so far from the mark um and thinking that i could do it alone i think well team now i've got is always it helps be ex-military so push the right push the sport buttons easily but in terms of okay what was i doing the other week uh i went way off track in terms of trying to do something else you said james that's not no no you need to do this from a financial point of view is like you've told me once didn't listen told me twice now i'll do it a third time because that's just stupid because it's like yeah i know you're right i wanted to try something uh it did work but he was he was he was right but you do need those kind of figures to hold you accountable feet to the fire and kind of go no 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 what you're doing you could do it but you're sacrificing something else in the meantime uh and the progression of that if you're willing to do that that's fine if you're not obviously stop um but i'm lucky that I've been in, but I've probably been, I've had the connection to that, the sport. Uh, I think what did my performance director say to me in the lockdown? Because I felt bad that I wasn't competing in Tokyo. 
and I didn't go to Rio. He said, forget about that. You didn't go. That was a choice. Like, but that's pretty much praise that I, I, I see it more as a family member. It's like, yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, the book's not come out, but he, he did say like write memoirs and what people could learn from it. Uh, I did start it, but, and you can see a trend there starting, but not completing something. Um, but the point that I'm making with that, Charlotte, is it, they don't normally know what's best. It's like, well, you chose to go in a different direction. Own it and keep going. Uh, so I think watching Tokyo was the first time I actually felt all right. Rio was not easy. <sighs> Knowing the athletes behind the scenes doesn't help. Because you see behind the scenes, mm -hmm. so that's that that's still raw. It's still not that's. I don't think that'll ever go away. But I think I've come to embrace it. It's like, well, okay. Um, they showed it on television. It's like, yeah, that's not all the. That's not inside the food hall. You're not showing McDonald's. If it's not in there, I'd be surprised. But it's there. So I was joking with family members like they didn't show you all of it. So that's that's the naughty athlete. Um, because I know it's in there. Um, but I think going forward, you're able to uh be empathetic with some of what they said. Um I was asked uh whether or not I'd be competing. I said no, I don't have to deal with that that heartache. And I, I I'm 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 quite happy I didn't have to deal with the the mental anguish of will it, won't it? Uh pretty much like everybody else would in a lockdown out of a lockdown but you're trying to compete and train at the highest level but you don't have access to to those those facilities some did it better than others um and there was no excuse i think the olympians did but that's a different story but i think when it came to the paralympics there wasn't an excuse if they didn't perform there was no no bitterness and, I, and one actually did explain well they made a mistake i wouldn't be so, i wouldn't be so forgiving but that that that's me um but that will probably spur you on going forward because of somebody else's uh in well, it's not even an inadvertent mistake it shouldn't be possible to uh this was with the triathlon and they got a time penalty but they didn't oh, time yeah. it properly i'd be furious so, because yeah. it's like, well, if you didn't do it, time it right, that shouldn't be possible in this day, especially not at that level. Not forgivable, is it? No, no. So, so that's uh, so, so whatever happened, but I think from a personal perspective, you've got to say, well, what's going on inside their, mm -hmm. their world for to do such an easy mistake? It's 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 that you okay. The other one would probably be the Olympic the Olympic four running steering out their lane, and the, the commentator said that's something you wouldn't see in an amateur regatta. That was funny, uh, and but the person admitted to he made a mistake. I wouldn't have done that publicly. I would have probably said it to the to the rest of the team. I made him. I made it. I fucked up, but not publicly because the media are gonna have fun with that. Mm. But I guess you 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 could you could appreciate obviously the, the officials are human i was gonna say human error right like you know we we all make mistakes don't we and, and it's just you know the, the, those people that make those mistakes my goodness they'll be 
in turmoil about it and uh you know giving themselves probably a harder time than, than what anyone else would be able to give them and yeah tough tough now well i think that's that that's a human human nature is your, your heart is critical i hear it the occasional time of i'm hard on myself it's like well you're human it's mm-hmm. it's it's te- technically it's still judgment it's you wouldn't ex- oh. depending on where you are mentally you'd probably accept it but i think as you as you grow and evolve you don't accept it from other people but uh i have to remind myself in terms of the language that i use to myself i wouldn't well i've been brought up to not belittle other people Mm-hmm. I might do it in a sporting setting because that's an alternative, alternative motive. But in a in a normal surroundings, I wouldn't do it because it's like, well, what am I getting out of it by making you feel bad? In terms of, I don't make, I don't magically gain an extra feet, foot, or become ten foot tall. I might in the moment, but in terms of, I don't know what what's makes people do it but in terms of that moment of, of of growth to be able to challenge that i think i try and do it as early as possible in my coaching now so okay do you really believe what you've just said um i did it today because uh, they i'm have a good habit of remembering what people say it's probably from all the years <laughs> utilizing it to to be able to you've said this the site can utilize it uh but i think i use it for good now because they 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 said that um from an exercise perspective they were open to trying new things but not when it came to their food it's like well that's counterintuitive because that's not doesn't make no sense because that's exactly you're telling me in one one perspective of your life you can and the other else you can't so if we were to be more pragmatic with it, ultimately you can't because you don't want, you're not, you're unwilling here, but you're willing here. Thus, do you really want to change overall? And um, I think that blew their mind to try not to do that too much because it's like, I know I'm right, but it's trying to make you aware to, well, you've said this, but that statement doesn't agree with this one. And ultimately that's come out of your mouth, not mine. And it's the same. I think when it comes to her, when I've seen a physio, sportsman suits, it's, I wasn't quite naughty as an athlete. Um, I'd go see the physio when it is not, I wasn't broken, but pretty close uh, in terms of uh, all the, 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 the main muscles are supposed to, do the, the bulk of the work those are tight then we have the the, the the minor ones now i need to be now i need to be uh well not fixed but as in put back together again and and i think one physio ever said that why do you always do it to the last minute i was like mm, that's a good question i don't know but but i think as you raise through up the ladder it's a lot easier um, and that's what i realized when i retired it's like oh god so easy to get fixed <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a phone call and it's, okay. uh, it's just a fo- phone call I think, the, I think the worst injury I ever had I tore um, 
a little bit of my um rotator cuff oh okay that was that was okay but i i why well, in inverted like i kept training because i thought it was just uh doms okay, okay. and then i tried to get off the floor and i couldn't move so how long did you uh how long did you think it was doms for uh do it i don't know when i did it but obviously throughout the, the session and when we stopped and then okay so, tried to actually move i'm thinking okay a bit more serious than i'm, I'm, I'm trying to move here but why am i not going anywhere <laughs> and i i was lucky though because it was the moment i just you know if english is for ring them up i've done this physio and and, and witness space a couple hours if that's now I don't know, maybe six weeks. No, not 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 during COVID, but every normal times, that'd be six weeks, and it'd be and be out of action for a long time. And I, I have never felt so bored out of my mind, not being able to train for a week. It's awful. Um, it's horrible. Well, they said rest. Mm. Like, okay, mm. I like rest, but this is just sleeping the days away is a bit boring, a bit dull, and. Uh, and I actually recovered faster than they ever thought. I I I was meant to have potentially have an MRI and then have a, a cortisone injection. Mm-hmm. Have to have any of that, and it healed by itself. So it was it uh, was probably him. a micro. It was pretty bad because they showed me on the ultrasound. I was like, okay, that's not that's not good. Um, and obviously, it's now it's never going to be hundred percent anyway. But it, it, I'm very alert to to any tightness in 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 the rotator cuff now it's like well if i haven't got full range the box up with you james that's your fault (laughs) that's your fault what are you going to do about it because i'm in a i'm now okay i'm still competing at domestic level but which of basketball is heavily in with jess so i I haven't got but it's a little bit out of range but it's like well you know what to do you know how to sort that so i don't comp- i don't complain anymore and, and the family never they 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 they're probably not nasty but they're the probably the most cynical ones like well that's self-inflicted don't moan about it you're co- you're the cause uh, of the pain don't moan about it. so i don't so um i'd had my uh covid vaccine and the second shot and they're like oh because i said what well, my symptoms were the next that, uh, the, the night after i said why didn't you you say wake us up like, no because we're going to revert back to what i just said he would criticize me if i was to do that <laughs> as well so i got on with it it wasn't anything worse than the first one i just felt that well i couldn't keep cool the first time and i couldn't keep warm the second that was the only okay. different differentiation mm-hmm. but the two but i was like i just grew and bear i take some medication and i should be back i should be okay in two days like i was mm-hmm. the first time and just think po- think positively it's it's, un- it's not not pleasant um obviously it's unknown um i don't like what they did the first time around they said oh we're looking into the data of my age group for the blood clots. I was I was nervous as it was, 
Oh. Have it before having it. It's like you could, could have just lied to me and told me that afterwards, and I've had didn't it. Didn't want to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, but then they said, "Do you still want it?" Well, it's good for the community, but if you hadn't told me that statistic, I'd have been okay because uh, I've got, I've got, I've come here anyway, uh, and then I think I've just got on with it and. It's been a different like, conversation with some people because some people, are, I think most of the globe's had it by now, but uh, when did I have it? About three, four months ago, people were asking me, well, what was it like? It's like, well, I'm not going to tell you because uh, I'm one of those type of individuals, a bit of a hypochondriac. So if I read it, it, ha- it happens. So yeah, I said, make I, yourself I, believe it. Then I said, yeah. I, I said to him, I was like, well, I had symptoms of this, this, this. Who's to say you have none of those? You could be more severe, but I'm going to stop the conversation there because ultimately, I can I can read that you 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 you're getting ang- anxious just by me because I've had it. I've I've been I was probably in the middle, which was not happy because some people went about their normal lives it's like nothing happened. Like, well, I didn't get to have that. I'd have liked to have that because that was easy. Um, but I think. It comes back to, to to the adversity point that we were talking about earlier. Your situation is never as worse as anybody else. It's just a perspective because when you are in that dark hole, everything's magnified in terms of oh yeah, I'm my my uh, problems are hundred times worse than anybody else. But I think if you 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 take it into perspective and kind of go well my life's not as bad as this um what have i really got to to moan about and i'm always striving like you said to be a better person myself if i want to have more money gotta put in the work if i want to have more clients gotta put in the work if i want to be healthy gotta do the work um if it's sore hey that's why I, i do question people when they say no pain no game it's like well that's not good because ultimately if you don't know the difference between you know delayed onset delayed onset muscle soreness and uh okay i didn't so that's not really a good example but um or something that's more serious to do with potentially a joint or or Mm -hmm. something like that there's something wrong because it's like there's no point pushing through pain for for the sake of it, we're not we're not um we're not one of these characters from Rocky or something like that. That that's pretty much like a robot. It's you need to have a ceiling that you can you you kind of control. I, I, okay, I've said to people that you're creating a ceiling when it comes to to your health because you're you're you 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 you're setting yourself up to fail. But in terms of there needs to be a ceiling that you 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 create maybe with a lift or an elevator in terms of you know when to stop and you know when it's like well recovery is just important as like a, like a, we echoed before uh, of the training you need to recover after the fact or you're just depleting yourself today 100 percent tomorrow 90 80 and it's it's a, it's a, what's well, a disaster waiting to happen yeah, absolutely. So that moves me nicely to to my penultimate question to you, Charlotte. Then, and I'm going to ask you two different questions. 
if you had to sit down with any athlete dead or alive, who would that be and why? Oh my gosh. So do I have to give just one? <laughs> can no, I can I have no, you can, can I have a dinner you, table? Can I have yeah, a dinner table? Yeah, you ask the question so you can have you can have what you want. <laughs> Um, I think this is probably quite a common answer, but I love to sit down with Muhammad Ali. When I, I um, like he's, God, he's a hero, you know, all the rest of it. But when I was working in London at the Olympics, um, I was actually on a load zone for the opening ceremony and I helped him out of his car and it was the most magical. I just felt so lucky. Um, and, you know, I, it was just an amazing experience. So I'd love to sit, I'd love to, you know, sit down with him. Um, Michael Johnson, I'd love to have, I think he talks a lot of sense. Um, I'd love to hear about what he'd have to say on a whole range of topics, um, you know, from, you know, athletes and life and all the rest of it. Um, Serena Williams, I'd love to get to know her on a, um, I'd love to get to know Serena, you know, not the athletes and the kind of the, the outer shell, because I'm sure that there's a totally different person than what we all imagine her to be but my god she's driven and uh, you know a mom now as well and um how she balances all that out is incredible um and then i'm so there's two more uh so roger federer his grace on court and his mindset and you know he's just so lovable um everybody loves him from all you know all all sides of the globe and um he just has so much, like I say, poise and grace on court that I, you know, it would just be fascinating just to sit and listen to him. I think whatever he's talking about. Um, and then my final one. So uh, dad used to be a season ticket holder for Manchester United and I'm one of three girls. So there's four daughters. And so we were kind of dragged along to the matches. And um, so we're all Manchester United supporters at heart. And um, I think it'd be brilliant to have Eric Cantona at the table as well. Um, I think that would be quite fun. Um, so yeah, there's my view. Are you are you glad you asked that now? <laughs> That's different. It's, di it's different. And then from a coaching perspective, who would you like to sit down with from that perspective? Coaching in regards to a particular sport or what's what are you likely to gain more from sitting down with them, like from a knowledge perspective or or, or intrigue? God, I'd love just to have, you know, a select group. So for me, my, my you know, my approach to my work and, and what I help patients with is picking bits of knowledge from people. When I was competing, you know, with horses and in triathlon, I had coaches um, and different coaches for different reasons. And I think every coach, and this is why, you know, the, these professional athletes that have coaches, uh, or any athlete that has a coach, it's so particular to them who that coach is. It, everyone's so individual. Um, and we we all need slightly different, you know, types of input maybe or information. So I would love just to have a whole range of coaches, <laughs> um, you know, from different backgrounds and be able to kind of listen to um, to all of them really and, and take bits of information more because I just think you can – learn stuff from everybody and anybody if you're willing to listen um and especially in the sports world yeah and my final question before we wrap up the episode charlotte if you had to summarize what we mean we have been speaking about into one ten sentence for people to take away what would that be 
So um, I really think um, there's lots of way, lots of different angles I can go with this, but I, I think really, you know, for your audience um, and athletes, it's about being intuitive. And I mean, it's not just about being intuitive, it's about being super intuitive. If you want results and you want performance, and you can apply this to anything, amateur, professional athletes, daily tasks, anything. If you want performance and you want your body to be able to do stuff, then you've got to be in tune to it and be listening to it. And that's taking into account every aspect of your wellness and health, um, you know, nutrition, sleep, recovery, exercise, uh, work, stress, uh, you know, all of it, absolutely all of it. So once again, Charlotte, thanks again for coming on the Mindset Athlete Podcast. Brilliant. Thank you so much, James, for having me. I've really, really enjoyed it. It's been my pleasure. Thanks again for tuning in and I hope you enjoyed this episode and got loads from it. Anything that was included and discussed will be available in the show notes below. And I would love to hear from you. Come and connect and ask your questions. I've been James Roberts from jamesowenroberts.com. Remember this quote by Chris Hart. An athlete is a mindset. It's how you prepare, think and execute not by some elite status or physical stature. Anybody can be an athlete.